Hello and welcome to Local History Matters, the podcast brought to you by the British Association for Local History. Join me, Dr Claire Kennan, as we explore local history projects from across the UK. Hello and welcome back to Local History Matters. Today we're joined by Dr Ellie Prudgen. Ellie has been working in the archives sector for 23 years and as a consultant archivist since 2013. She's undertaken work for numerous museums, university and community archives across the UK. She also teaches medieval material culture for the universities of Leicester, Oxford and Cambridge. So hello and welcome Ellie, we are delighted to have you here. Um, (laughs) Thank you. I just wondered, first of all, to start with, can you tell us a little bit more about your role as a consultant archivist? So what does it involve? What sort of things are you working on at the moment? Uh, Well, uh, it involves absolutely everything uh, you can think of. Uh, Archivists are kind of jack of all trades, but also masters of some of them as well. (laughs) Uh, A lot of the work that I um, undertake at the moment is... uh, is actually digital archiving. That's the new big thing. And that is great for me because I can actually do that from home, working remotely during lockdown, which is what I'm doing at the moment. So I'm working on several digital archiving projects. And this involves um, archiving, for example, uh, photographs, digital photographs, of course, and uh, also films as well. Now, um, this is not kind of old fashioned, you know, listing and archiving. You actually have software and machines which will do a lot of the work for you. So a lot of it is just kind of managing the technology. So it's a very, it's increasingly a very kind of heavy IT related uh, role, being an, an archivist these days. Also archive websites as well, and also uh, social media too. I've just been finished a big project at the Imperial War Museum on the uh, 1480 Now project, which was the uh, World War One commemoration. And that was a very, very large project, which involved various things, various uh, projects within it, like the poppies, for example, and uh, uh, and various other important and significant commissions. So for that, I was uh, archiving websites and social media, which has all sorts of all sorts of technological issues. Uh, a lot of what I do is researching uh, how other organisations should actually undertake technology. Uh, so and also supporting them in delivering their digital offering. So, for example, websites, social media, again, uh, online catalogues, because Obviously, there are a lot of issues with putting material online, photographs, for example, particularly modern ones, all sorts of copyright issues, data protection issues as well. So a lot of it is kind of related to that aspect. And I've just been working on a quite a large uh, e-learning project as well, where we were looking at developing um, e-learning portal. So I spend a lot of time kind of liaising with IT experts I also undertake project evaluation. So that's the um, all projects that are externally funded, for example, by the National Lottery Heritage Fund need to be evaluated. So um, uh, very often uh, I work on the evaluation side of projects, not I can't evaluate projects I've worked on myself, uh, but that's a major aspect of kind of working in uh, the heritage uh, sector. Uh, and then also there's... Um, There's also physical archiving, which is basically sorting materials and kind of listing them and putting them in boxes. And that's that's a very traditional role. So I do very little of that these days. 
uh, obviously, you know, if someone asks for you some work, I'm not going to say no, but but basically <laughs> that's uh, that's the uh, the kind of life of a of a consultant archivist um, well, in mean, 2021. That sounds so incredibly varied and, and fascinating. <laughs> and um, it's really interesting you were saying there's some of the things that you're archiving, things like websites and social media. And mm. I, I imagine for most people, when we talk about archives, you do think of old documents, old photographs, but actually there's a whole range of things that we can archive, mm. which is which is really exciting. And I'm, I'm probably gonna come back to that and just sort of ask you in a moment a little bit more about those if I could. Um, mm. You mentioned some of the challenges in cataloguing some of these items. And I was just particularly intrigued, you know, as we're all living in a digital age, we are still in the third lockdown, everyone's working from home. As you say, mm. everything's increasingly digital. What are mm. then some of the challenges in archiving these sort of these digital items, things like websites and social media? And, and what, you know, how, how do we overcome some of those issues? Um, I suppose websites and, and social media, I mean, the big issue is copyright by archiving uh, the, uh, if you're archiving your Twitter feed, you want to archive other people's Twitter feed as they interact with you as an organisation. But you can't actually do that because they own the copyright in the, the tweets that they they put on onto Twitter, so it, it's a complete minefield essentially. So it's trying to kind of get around uh, these these kind of issues, and even on if it's your own website, your organisational website, if there's a social media feed on your website which has uh, your feed, you know, often at the front websites will have a social media feed. So if they have it has your feed and the interaction with other people, so you see other people's comments there. Even if it's on your own website, it's not your copyright. So, therefore, archiving your website, you're not, you, you know, under UK copyright law, you're, you're not permitted to do that. There are well, there are various loopholes that you can kind of get around this, but a lot of it is is basically working out what you what you can and can't do, uh, essentially. So that's yeah, I think that's really the challenge, and also the technology as well. If you when you're uh, web archiving the the web whatever you're using. I, I use um, a open source and free uh, technology called Web Recorder. So after you've done the web recording of your, of your website, uh, it will then create a, a, a web archiving file. It's called, it's just a kind of digital file. So this is, a, you know, this is, this is essentially your, your archive, but it's obviously not like a paper archive because, you know, we can't guarantee that it's still gonna be there and accessible in 10 years time. So a lot of it is is trying to work out how we can actually, you know, it's kind of digital preservation, how we can actually um, ensure that ensure that people can actually access this technology going forward. Because we know in the past, I mean, we can all think of famous examples from research that's been done in the past, you know, projects, for instance. I think there was a doomsday book project, I think, which is which, from the 80s, which is now inaccessible. So that's a, a lot of what we're thinking about at the moment is... Um, is access to materials going forward. Yeah, and I guess as well, you know, the, the sheer volume of digital material that is produced, as you're saying, you know, you're trying to archive websites that, and, and they're constantly updated. There are more websites added to the web every day. You know, social media is just growing exponentially. And you know, if you're working with sort of older documents, there's kind of a finite amount of those materials. But I guess mm. the sheer volume, particularly at the moment, as everyone's recording their experience of lockdown, which will, you know, be a joy to future historians wanting to research mm. that. It's just managing the sheer mm. volume is, is another challenge. Yeah, mm. um, absolutely, I know, yeah. 
I know you've worked a lot on community archives as well, and that's just something I wanted to sort of chat to you about a little bit more. Um, mm. And I imagine a, a lot of our listeners would be very interested in this. So would you be able to just sort of explain a little bit about what a community archive is and the kinds of things that you're archiving with those projects? I mean, I imagine there's some digital, some physical items there as well. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm going to talk mainly today about the, uh, the Milton Keynes Heritage Association uh, as they currently have an archiving uh, project, which I've been involved with since uh, about September or October in uh, 2020. Um, so this is, this is essentially, I suppose, what we call a community archive, but it's a community archive uh, with difference. The, fun, the project itself is funded by the Milton Keynes Heritage Association, and it includes a broad range of organizations in and around Milton Keynes, including history societies and museums. So for example, uh, Newton uh, Pagnell um, and the um, uh, Historical Society, uh, for instance, and uh, the Cooper and Newton Museum at um, Olney as well. Um, so a real kind of mix of different um, different kind of community uh, or community um, organisations, local history organisations, and um, also uh, regional museums as well. So uh, my role essentially is to um, bring all these organisations together. I think they're about eight or ten um, in all. Um, and I um, are from October. In October, I was uh, going out to, to make visits to uh, these organisations. Now, they all have archive collections themselves. So there, and some of the archive collections are really, really extensive, you know, kept in village halls, people's attics, uh, people's, museums. People keep archives um, in their attics. You've, mm, you've, wow, yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness, that's, that's incredible, wow. Um, so I, I was uh, obviously, you know, it was, uh, we, it was one of the, in October, it's a time when we weren't in lockdown, but it was very yeah. tricky for me to go around. But we thought I had to get over and done with and see these, uh, see the locations, uh, essentially, before anything else happened. And then, you know, of course, the lockdown came down. So I, I just got around everywhere just in time. But I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, local organisations, historical societies have archives going back, you know, a couple of couple of hundred years sometimes and for various reasons they haven't been deposited at the uh, the county record office often because organizations don't want to or yeah. uh, because the um the records office don't have any space uh so there are these uh these are these wonderful kind of research archives uh, and you know it's like that all around the country as well it's not just about um milton Keynes and the uh, surrounding areas it's um you know, these, this is this is the case all throughout the UK, really. Wow, I mean, it just sounds like there's like this huge untapped resource across the country, you know, archives came back a couple of hundred years that are potentially stored in someone's attic. I mean, that is just, <laughs> that is just incredible. So what did you, I mean, you were lucky enough to, to go out and look at all of these things before we entered what would have been lockdown too. Um, so, I mean, you know, what, what, did, what did you discover in these collections? Are there any sort of particular interesting documents or objects or stories that you've come across? Well, uh, to be honest, I'm probably not the best person to, um, to be answering that because the, uh, all the historical societies and museums are run by volunteers who are 
uh, also um, experts in um, the local history of the area and also of their village or town as well. So they are the work, and very often they've been involved uh, in these community uh, setups for, for years and years and, year, and years. So really, they're they're the ones to kind of talk about the these stories. I mean, in terms of in terms of the um, in terms of objects, uh, I would think. Um, that it's mainly a kind of paper and photographic archive, but we, there are some old objects, and some of the some of them have actually very large objects. One collection has a pub sign, for example, uh, oh, wow. which is uh, quite interesting. Yeah, um, very large pub sign. I mean, that must be <laughs> an interesting item to try and archive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just have to tie tie a label around it, basically. <laughs> um, you know. So you can't do anything with it. It will just kind of, you can't put it in a box, for instance. Yeah. You just have to, you know, it just has to sit on, sit on the floor. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and there's lo lots of mainly social history objects, lots of kind of beer bottles from, you know, local beer breweries from the past that have been dug up in people's gardens and, you know, glass containers dating from kind of the 19th and 20th century. Um, some wonderful kind of old um, sacks and bags. I don't know, it doesn't sound very, um, very exciting, but actually they're really interesting because they're kind of, you know, people who, who helped, who had shops in the high street, you know, 80 years ago or something. So it's a really excellent way of kind of researching into the history of the, um, the village or the, or the town, really. So, and then in terms of documents, um, there are lots of lots of books and kind of reports and uh, leaflets and pamphlets and that kind of thing. Quite a lot of maps as well, printed maps, uh, also some hand-drawn ones, plans, leases, for instance, uh, photographs, of course, actually loads of photographs, uh, some kind of artworks, um, and also um, it ha they have a, a huge collection of uh, digital photographs as well which obviously have been collected over the last um, 20 years. So part of uh, the project that I'm working on is to work out exactly what, what's going to happen with all this material, including their digital collections as well, because um, their digital collections are genuinely stored on someone's computer. So obviously they're not accessible and they're not kind of being, uh, you know, we may not in five years' time be able to access them. So we have to think of ways that we can, like the digital preservation again, yeah, that we course. can actually kind of, uh, make you know uh, save them for, for the future essentially so wow I mean um, just you know in that sort of that community archive for the Milton Keynes area you you can explore house history building history social history mm. cultural history the history of your high street the history of the built environment you've got maps photographs just such a huge range of resources for local historians which is mm amazing mm. and we will of course put all the web links to, to everything you've mentioned in the show notes for people to go mm. and explore further because it just sounds like a, mm. a fantastic resource so I mean you mentioned <laughs> that you're you're sort of figuring out how you're going to be preserving these items particularly the digital ones for future preservation I mean mm. is is it um an archive that's going to be available online in the end do you think H has there been any sort of developments on that front well, we're uh, one of the training. I'm what I'm doing is I'm one of my roles is to um, now uh, is to um, deliver training. Uh, so I've been, I've been doing that remotely since October uh, in various uh, different types of you know areas. You know, 
So, for example, you know, copyright and um, um, cataloging, for example, um, and also on preservation as well. So how, how people should store their archives. And there's also they've also um, uh, as a kind of reward for joining the project, they, they have a, a small budget that um, each organisation can spend on preservation materials. So, you know, acid free boxes, for instance, and, you know, acid free photographs sleeves for the older photographs and things uh so that so that's a so you know i've been kind of training them in that kind of area the other area that we've been training in is is they've uh most organizations now are in the process of uh, actually creating um a catalog of their material the catalog is on um uh the excel database mainly on excel some of them are in, in word but um and um many of the organizations are kind of cataloging using international uh, cataloging standards. So I've been kind of going through that with them. Um, the idea is eventually to have a kind of uh, hub, as it were, of materials and perhaps even a, a kind of search functionality on the uh, Milton Keynes uh, Heritage Association website uh, so that um, uh, researchers can actually go there and um, you know uh, undertake a, um, a search of, of the documents or the search of the the catalogues from the different um, the different organizations the different uh, towns and villages so that that's one of the ideas of the project is to kind of bring it all together into um, you know the the uh, bring bring the catalogues and the information uh, all together uh, into to one hub so wow. it's it's quite an undertaking though because some of the archives are so huge it's going to take so long for people to to kind of create the catalogue so I think it's just going to be a kind of ongoing project I think so. I mean that was going to be <laughs> one of my questions you know kind of the challenges around trying to build your community archive and, and I guess you know you've just sort of answered that there it's sometimes it's the amount of work that there is to do because if you do have a huge archive that's 200 years old that's that is going to take a long time to catalogue. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I imagine that a lot of people listening will be thinking that this is the kind of thing that they would like to do. You know, they are a keen local historian. They've got lots of items or documents in their local history society, and they'd quite like to, to start their own community archive. Do you have any advice to, to give people who are sort of starting out on this journey and perhaps some of the things that they some of the obstacles they might might face and need to overcome? Mm. Yeah, well, that's a very good, good question. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing is there is a lot of support out there uh, and there are a lot of people actually doing the same thing. So, as I said, there's there are people and organisations and groups up and down the country uh, who are undertaking these kind of activities. I mean, I've worked in various county, counties and cities and I know I know of groups. The uh, uh, A good kind of umbrella group is the uh, Community Archives and Heritage Group which again, ha have, a, have a website. So essentially um, the best thing is to start, start out there and have a look at some of the advice that they have um, on, that, on that website. That's a kind of uh, national organization uh, to unite community archives. And also uh, talk to uh, other people and other organizations um, and do networking uh, before you start because you know, there are many, many people out, out there who, who are doing the same thing. Um, and I think don't forget digital material. I think people, it's very easy to think, oh, well, you know, it's not a proper archive. It's just a digital photograph. But this is the, the future. Nobody actually creates, uh, you know, paper records. Everything is born digital now, even if it's printed off, you know, 
a Word document, you know, but it's that's created as a digital document. So, you know, paper is a thing of the past, basically. Um, and I suppose the full thing is, is to, um, it's really worth getting the support of a, a professional archivist um, uh, to help set up. But even if it's just, you know, even if it's just for a few hours or something or morning or whatever, just to kind of get, get their input uh, and to make sure that you're doing everything um, along the right lines and um, as, it, as it should be done, essentially. That sounds fantastic. Thank you. And again, we'll, we will leave all the, the links to the various websites you mentioned there in the show notes. Mm, and um, okay. I mean, just finally, I'd like to ask, you know, we've, we've talked about pub signs, beer bottles, Twitter feeds. Mm. What are the kinds of things that we should be looking out for in our community archives? You know, or is it just a case of anything you can lay your hands on? Are there, are there, a thing, you know, mm -hmm. are there things that we should be keeping an eye out for? Um, it, well, in terms of what people, what, what you should be collecting, yeah um i think it i think it really depends on the on the village or the town or the organization you know or the history of of the area i think um uh, at the end of the day it's really up to you to to decide you know what is important to you and what isn't so there's no kind of um there's no real kind of guidance on on what you shouldn't and uh shouldn't collect essentially it's it's uh, organisations will um, can create a, what they, what you call it like a collecting policy, which would, which will be a list of things that you do and don't collect. That that's quite a, quite a good thing to do because it stops people having arguments about whether we should keep this, you know, old yeah. plastic bottle or not. <laughs> I was going to say you could end up <laughs> with a huge collection of beer bottles or something if you didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So the thing is to kind of, you know, before you start, it's a, a good idea to, to decide exactly what you're going to be interested in, or what area is, is of interest um, to you, essentially, and to your organisation going forward. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's, that's uh, uh, probably the best thing. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Ellie. You have given me so much to think about. And I know that a lot of our listeners are going to be very keen to kind of, you know, go to these these websites and sort of get started mm. thinking about their own community community archives so thank you so much for your time today mm. and um and we hope to have you back on local history matters soon oh well thank you very much it's, it's been a, uh, a great half hour thanks Thank you for listening to Local History Matters, the podcast brought to you by the British Association for Local History. Please remember to like, review and subscribe. You can find out more about us at our website, balh.org.uk, and you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.